When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the short tracks to the super speedways, from two wheels to four wheels, it's revved up ATX on the horn with Bobby Chaffee and Rodney Rodriguez. This is where Austin talks racing. Austin talks racing on the horn. It is revved up ATX. Happy Saturday morning, a beautiful Saturday morning in the Austin, Texas area. And we're going to get you ready for race weekend. We are full-blown into racing season, live local digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Horn YouTube page. All of that content right there at the Horn Austin as well. My name is Rodney Rodriguez. Across the way, Showtime Bobby Chaffee. Bobby, here we go, man. Here we go. Now Now we get some drag racing happening this weekend, dude. It is go time. T-I-M-E. Time to go drag racing indeed. Uh, the Gator Nationals, it's such a unique deal. Uh, when you get to see NHRA kick off, we'll talk about their TV package that they have. Lots of TV coverage this weekend in places for races for the uh, for the NHRA Gator Nationals. So it's good to see uh, such a totally different form of motorsports. They they interact with their fans like no other. We talk about how much access the NASCAR fans have, but it's nothing in comparison to how close you get to the action with your NHRA people. I mean, you get to be right up next to John Force, 14-time world champion. Get to be right up next to him while they're getting ready to fire up the car. Uh, right there when they fire up the dragsters, when they do all that stuff. I mean, he'll be right there signing autographs. You see people put their, their headsets on to keep from blowing their eardrums out. But it's it's hmm. incredible. And the, the diversity that the NHRA has is unlike That's any other huge. motorsports. That's, it's just unreal. Number of women, number of families, yeah. number of my own minorities. They have the demographics that all these other racing series want. And that's something I do want to touch on uh, a little bit later in Places for Races. This show, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Mark Faber from Texas Motor Speedway. IndyCar's firing off last week at St. Pete, so Mark Faber, he'll join us. The GM at TMS is the next stop for the uh, NTT IndyCar Series will be Texas Motor Speedway coming up on April the 2nd. Uh, behind the glass, it is my man Ty Henderson. And Ty was asking me, as soon as I got here ty said all right i'm I'm gonna lay some money on this race this week who who do i need to pick and it's like dude i don't know at the moment i don't know because we don't know so that's that's to be determined ty so uh we're gonna we're gonna let you know on that you'll you'll like phoenix phoenix you'll like it's i think it's it's not gonna have what you saw at daytona but you are gonna have a little bit of uh, of unknown a little bit of uh uh, maybe some of that uh excitement pushing and shoving you were looking for ty you may get it at phoenix you may just get it at phoenix Oh, I'm excited. It'll be I didn't watch last weekend. You said that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a good thing. <laughs> a that was the only thing you'd be watching was the back of your eyelids when you watched that race last week from Vegas. I I would have been apologizing, you know, like crazy if we if we got tired to watch that, but uh, no. 
Uh, we'll cover that uh, here. Also got to cover Formula One uh, and that IndyCar well, that race. That was a snoozer, uh, too. That wasn't much better. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, no, no no doubt about it. But uh, I, I do want to let, – let's jump in with a whole shot. So we missed this last week because our show was actually taped last week because we had uh, s- some other uh, items that we needed to take care of on Saturday. But – Obviously, we missed the the, the Chase Elliott injury, uh, you know, with the with the broken tibia and all of that, and and that really has it's it's a lot of questions in place as to, you know, what do you do in, in racer contracts and so forth and so on. That that's really become the question. But what what I am so impressed with, and I know at the first part of the week there was a lot of talk on who who's going to drive this nine car, who's going to do this, who's going to do that, whatever the case is. I think this proved this is something once again. I think that NASCAR learned from COVID because if you remember during the COVID crisis, I mean, you had Jimmy Johnson had to miss races. There were drivers that had to miss races because they, you know, had COVID or, or whatever the case was. And I think the, the way we see this play out, everyone was in a panic. And obviously the race weekend was going to be a panic for the team, you know, once the shell shock, you know, set in as to what actually happened. Mm-hmm. But they had protocols in place. While we're sitting here saying, well, maybe, how about Josh Berry? Well, let's bring back Jimmy Johnson. Or let's do this. And here, then they roll out. We're staying with, with Josh Berry. And we're going to bring in uh, Jordan Taylor for the road course. They've, they are prepared for this now. And I think this is something that they learned during the pandemic. I think so to a certain extent. Obviously, you're shell-shocked there when it happens on a Thursday and you're supposed to be in Vegas on Friday. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference there. That way you don't get a lot of chance to hit your plan B uh, button on that deal. But I also feel like the I, – I, I thought I'd see more Justin Allgaier in there than Josh Berry. I think that it has to do a lot with the Nap- – Napa still has a say. I, I don't know if Napa had as much of a say in it on in Vegas just because it was such an emergency, last-minute thing. But uh, Napa definitely had – and Kelly Blue Book and everybody that's going to be the right sponsors coming up on this next round of sponsors for the next six weeks – they definitely had a say in who they wanted to go to this car. I'm sure Hendrick went to him and said, okay, so we've got this driver, this driver, and this driver. That's the game plan. Who would you guys prefer to see in the race car? So I think Napa had a lot to do with it. I was hoping to see Corey LaJoy get a shot in that nine car. I thought that that would have been great. And uh, one of the things that I know that, that was factoring into that, it um, you know, the, the the compatibility to the race car in and of itself. They don't want to change that. They don't want to change that greenhouse up. Uh, you, you know, you got to change the seats and you got to do all of that. These guys have their own seats and so forth. But it um, that factored in there as well. I, I mean, I do like the Josh Berry, and I'm here to tell you, I mean, I I think, and we'll talk about the changes to this package here uh, w- that we're going to be seeing in Phoenix, and that's one of the questions why I can't sit here and tell Ty right now who's going to be the one to beat yet, but it um, that factors in there as well. J- Josh Berry jumping into this. Josh Berry, out of those late model stocks and immediately a winner in, in Xfinity, the, don't discount this guy. He's the, This guy's a racer. He's just a racer, man. That, that's all he is. As we talked about it on the live cast before, he's one of us. He's come up the hard way, started with the street stock went into the late model stock cars, was successful. He did what every owner we talked about talks about looking at the young talent coming up and or drivers coming up. It's drivers that win, not necessarily win in championships at every level, but drivers that win whatever they're in at any level. We hear that from more, and then not tearing up equipment, obviously, is the, the secondary part on that. But we've definitely seen that with the way that the, the car owners look at, okay, he ran in this equipment, won in this equipment, didn't tear it up. Mm-hmm. Ran in this equipment, you know, moved up to the late models, didn't tear up his stuff, won some races, moved up to the the Arca East or Arca West or Arca Series. When he wins fast. He does. I mean, he wins really quick. And I think that's what what's interesting to me about Josh Berry. Josh Berry's kind of been the one where he just blew right past the, the truck series. 
And and I think that's not a bad thing because I think if you get in the truck series, looking at like what Haley Deegan is dealing with and some of the youngsters in that division, I, I think that could be, I don't want to say detrimental, but that can kind of get on the psyche a little bit because you, you may not have that quick success because the others around you are maybe not as comparable to you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but basically, when you have all the all the kids and stuff that Boom, are trying to exactly come through, it. that's exactly and you it. can throw you can throw Haley Deegan in that line too, as far as the kids trying to get up to the next rung on NASCAR. The difference between her is the fact that she knows she's got a, a path to take. Some of these other kids are trying to rocket to the Cup Series because Daddy's got enough money, or the family's got enough money to pay for a truck ride that they don't have to repair if they crash it; they just pay for another one. Right. Well, then you got the Dale Jr. effect. I mean, Dale mm-hmm. Dale Jr. still has a lot of a lot of emphasis on what Hendrick Motorsports and and Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick. Isn't it weird after all of these years to sit here and say Hendrick Motorsports, led by Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon, and you know with their fleet of young drivers and all of that? Man, that that's uh that 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 kind of that kind of makes you feel a little bit older in the in the in the tooth right there when you think about it that way. Well, actually, not necessarily that. It's that when you see Jeff Gordon dressed completely like Rick Hendrick with the white press <laughs> shirt and the black vest, yeah. that's when you see it. You're like, man, he really did turn into Hendrick 2.0. Well, and a lot of people, you know, get get off of Gordon. I, I see a lot of people on Gordon. Oh, Gaining a little bit of weight right there. Well, what do you do when you go into a role like that, for crying out loud? I mean, the dude's, what, 50? Is he 49, 50 years old? He's I mean, getting there. He's probably in his late 40s yeah, for sure. Come on, man. It happens. It happens. So, um, but, but that's really the whole gist of that whole shot is that everyone was in a panic about what was going to happen. But you know behind the scenes, they, they've laid this out. I mean, they look at every scenario. with this, And then this goes back to Bobby. This is a business. This is a business. You operate it as a corporate uh, entity. And and you have everything in place, and you have people ready. And these guys like Josh Berry, you, when you get that call, you got to be ready to go because you've got about that long to think about it. And I think a lot of times when Josh Berry gets that call, it's not, "Hey, would you want to drive the n- number nine Napa Chevrolet?" It's like, "Get over here, we need you to drive the number nine Napa Chevrolet." Yeah, and I think that the Jordan Taylor aspect there at Coda, it just gets another reason. There's still tickets available NASCAR at Coda dot com. You talk about, well, I'm sure we'll talk about some of the surprises and announcing who's going to be running there. And apparently there's a couple of more champions of the world that are supposed to be coming to run Coda, too. Yeah, and, you know, we definitely will talk about that because you've got you've got Formula One world champions that are now racing at Coda and, and racing in the series, and, and those announcements keep coming. And, again, the diversity of this car is really what uh, allows that to come to fruition a, a hell of a lot easier than it would have done uh, with Gen 6. Diving in, so so Formula One, uh, Bobby, you, yeah. Yes, that that was. Uh, I, I tweeted out, you know, here we go again. Red Bull picking up where they left off, and and I mean, it was absolute domination by Verstappen, uh, Sergio Perez, or a Red Bull sweep. But the the big story, I mean, no brainer right here. Aston Martin, that that right there being the number two team, and 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 this is not and, and good for Fernando Alonso. I mean, what a drive! What a amazing drive for Fernando Alonso. And it, as old as he is, yeah. he still got it. And when I turned it on, when I first First turned it on, uh, I see Alonzo sitting there in third, so the race ends, and I go back and I watch it. But when you see when you see that Aston Martin, and I love that green color, when you see that Aston Martin going right by Lewis Hamilton, going right by the Ferraris, that right there, he didn't fall into a podium spot, which doesn't matter how you get to the podium. You get to the podium, you get to the podium. But that was right there. That, that was a horsepower. That was a team. That was a preparedness win. Aston Martin, man, out of the gate. And hell, Lance Stroll, I don't even know how he was racing. 
Yeah, what, he had a broke leg or something? Yeah, or he, surgery on busted, an ankle or something? Foot? Busted leg and both wrists were messed up. Yeah. He, hell, I don't think NASCAR would let him race. Well, he's got his, his daddy told him to race because they didn't want to put somebody else in there to embarrass him. And, and he comes home six. And, and it was, and, and this is where you, you get Alonzo. And I do, let's kind of take step this back a little bit. You know, with, with Lawrence Stroll, you know, taking the helm of this team, and Lawrence Stroll, I mean, if you're going to get a guy involved in Formula One, get a guy like that that's worth billions of dollars. Loaded. I mean, that, that is Loaded. The guy, uh, you know, he was, and in, in, in the the background where he comes from. I mean, he was in the clothing, clothing designers. I mean, he invested. In uh, Tommy Hilfinger, Michael Kors. Uh, I mean, I've heard of those. I don't own any of that paraphernalia. You don't have any Tommy Hilfiger stuff back in the day? Well, I had some. I had some cologne. Oh, okay. I, I had the Tommy Hilfiger cologne that I would uh, put on when I'd go to the South Forty out there on uh, what? What is it out here? South South Lamar? No, not not South Lamar. I don't even know my way around here anymore. Put some of that stuff on there, and boy, the ladies loved the way that smelled. The Tommy Hilfiger. That and the cold water. Or cool water, cool water, cool water, cool water. But you had to do it. You had to do it. Um, you couldn't get too carried away. What was the blue one? Wasn't there a blue? That's one? cool water. That's cool. That okay, was, that, that was, was a, cool water. That was a cold water. That was the good stuff. That that's the one that really the, the ladies like. You get out there and you know slow dance, and then they, oh, you're wearing cool water. Mm. Well, well I be damned. Yes, I am. I wear this every day. When the <laughs> truth be told, I have a little bitty bottle. I got a tester. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got the free, free tester I, with the watch. <laughs> I, got a, I got a tester and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going out dancing tonight. I got to put a little dab on right the, here. The sample it. out of the magazine. That's right. It on yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're rubbing it. You, you grab it out of the thing. You're like rubbing it all over yourself so uh, you get over there and smell good with the cool water right there but that that's where the background where his background is and and he's like pushing all of this but i think the biggest hire i remember when sebastian vettel come came on with aston martin and of course uh, sebastian vettel obviously not seeing the success that that they hoped for but i think what what this was like the kurt bush effect for aston martin i think mm-hmm. i think he comes in and he mentors lance stroll and boom here they are. Vettel's gone. You pop in another world champion, and they look pretty dadgum lights out right now. The the surprising part of it was the fact that they actually were able to look so lights out. I mean that that was that was a challenge compared to last year, where they couldn't. I mean they had a couple of bright races, a couple of bright spots, but for the most part they couldn't get out of their own way last year. But then you bring in Fernando Alonso, and who hasn't who hasn't Alonso driven for? Red Bull, that's about it, right? He bouncing in between all these teams, but he still got it. That was the most impressive Fernando Alonso performance we've seen in a hot minute. And I got to tell you, after the race to see him, that was a fired up Fernando Alonso right there, man. That was, but but immediately he goes and he says, and this is where again I think we're we're Lawrence Stroll, you know, having his son right there, and obviously it's his money; he can spend it however he wants to spend it. Lance Stroll is a very good Formula One race car driver, but he he has his team where he always has he's got someone mentoring his his young son like that i mean we act like he's 12 he's not but i mean think about that if you're a young uh, formula one gonna be a star and you want to learn and you get two years three years whatever it was with sebastian vettel and then here you go he retires he rides off into the sunset and boom here comes fernando alonso and fernando alonso is pumping you up calling calling you the hero he runs third gets on the podium you're six going through everything you did fernando alonso said this dude is my hero man that that head 
that headspace that we talk about with the mental part of racing, that only just gets stronger with something like that. Yeah, definitely. When you have somebody the caliber, uh, uh, not necessarily just the caliber, but just the stance and the legacy, if you will, of somebody. And he's still, uh, Fernando Alonso still has power in Formula One. He still is able to move the needle, not just when he runs good, but when he says something, it makes a difference. Kind of like the Kevin Harvick effect in NASCAR. When Kevin Harvick, when Kevin Harvick says something, Boom! That moves the needle. Same thing with Fernando Alonso in Formula One. And you know, even through the even through the lean leaner years that we have watched uh, for for Fernando Alonso, with just some of the 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 teams that he's been with, and like you said, I mean, who has, a lot of these teams he's driven for him twice. Yeah, <laughs> but it's you know uh, there there's never anything there to me that that gives me the impression. At one point, I thought well, maybe Fernando Alonso's about to step away. Maybe he's about to go do something else. Well, he did. He went and ran Indy. Yeah, I came and ran the Indy 500 <laughs> and finished top ten. Yeah, uh, there there is nothing that tells me that we're we're into the uh, into the end of the career, Fernando Alonso. And just think about this: if this Aston Martin team continues to to do what they're doing here in this first race, I totally it's get only it. one race. We I, can't get overly excited. I, I totally get it. But but when when you get an Aston Martin like that, we were on this show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, all of those podcasts at hornfm.com, and we were talking about okay, who's who's battling here to be the third best? We weren't even talking. Who's going to be the third best team? We didn't even mention Aston Martin. No, we didn't even. They weren't even on the radar. <laughs> didn't even come up. And here they are, out of the gate, second best, right after the uh, Red Bull sweep. Uh, so keep your eye on that. And those cars, uh, there, you won't miss them. You will not miss those Aston Martins. No, not at all. Beautiful, beautiful green race cars. Uh, green is lucky for Aston Martin, apparently, because uh, it didn't affect uh, those two gentlemen in the uh, initial race there at Formula One. Going over to NASCAR, like we talked about the race uh, last week at Las Vegas. This is and this is where everybody just need to calm down. Last year, the mile and a half races were the ones that we thought were going to lack some pizzazz because they always have, and they were really good. They were really good. After the race last week, I saw a lot of oh, we're back to mile and a halves being stinkers it's just one race just the, and it's the first one on the west coast swing it'll change one race one race give it a break if you want to worry about something worry about how people are going to beat the chevrolets because out of the gate they have won all three races and they can do i think what's only been done three times if they win tomorrow one of the chevy teams by winning the first four races uh, for the oem so uh, maybe that's what you need to focus on i don't think it needs to be all so much about uh, the, the the you know the lack of that of that vegas race but now we go into phoenix and this is where we can elaborate what we were talking to uh, with ty so now, now you got all of these downforce changes and and all all of this with this car, if you go back and you think about, uh, we, we'd have to find some video that we could pop up on on the socials. If you look at the bottom of the of this race car, it's smooth. There's a whole plate under this race car, and at the back of it is where that diffuser is. Uh, you're shortening the spoiler. What what we're going to two inches on the spoiler, but the the key is that diffuser because that's your downforce on on this new car, on this mm -hmm. new car. That it, it used to be with the old car. You'd see them out there. You know the bodies. Everything's so sleek. These. I mean, I don't want to say this car is a clunker, but this thing ain't near as sexy as the Gen Six car was. No, Gen Six car looked good. Gen Five car wasn't bad either. No, uh, it was the the COT car that was really the one that was horrible. Yeah, but um, if you think about the way that they like the way that the the body works, I mean, they, they look good. They look stock ish, mm -hmm. not as stock as the as the V eight supercars there in Australia do with the new Chevy Camaro and the and the Ford Mustangs. But they uh, they have that stock appearance. But like you said, it's it's almost like if you were picking up a Hot Wheel, 
right, where you have this slick body on top, and then you've got like just this solid platform underneath exactly. it. Exactly. That's what that's what the undercarriage of a new of a new cup car looks like. Mm-hmm. Now you've got the change in the diffuser. You've got the mud flaps that are put in there because even though they're going to race in the rain. Uh, if it does rain, they still have the, they don't have the lights hooked up, but they have the lights in it. Mm-hmm. And and that and that really is the difference. Where with the old car, easiest way to think about it with with the old car, you made downforce with the body and the side force with all the air that's coming up over. That's why they would sit there and try to smooth that thing out. I mean, you would see them sitting there like it looked like they were waxing on that car. But what, and and this is why you know back you remember a few years ago with the old car where you'd get in tech and they'd like lean on the car and do all these different things to it. You know, to try to to try to change stuff up, but now all the now all the downforce is on the bottom. All that air is under the race car, and that that diffuser. I heard it explained really well yesterday. That that diffuser it has all of the eight channels right there with the uh, with the with the strakes that allow all of that air to make its way out, uh, make its way out of the race car. Uh, in different fashions. So what they've done now is they've gone out and they've pulled three of those out. So now that air, it, it the car's not going to be stable is the bottom line and what that comes down to. And that's where the car's going to be harder to drive. But I, I think the biggest thing that NASCAR is wanting to see here, Bobby, is that they want to make this to where you can get out and pass and you can use multiple lanes on the racetrack because with that diffuser, at the bottom of the race car, just driving all that smooth air out, that's why you get the nose to tail. And that's what they're trying to get away from. Yeah, I mean, it's all about making the show better for the fans, right? That's what we always say about motorsports. It is about competition at 100%, but it's also about entertainment at 100%. Yeah, and and they've gone in. That, so the three strikes and what that is, it's like a ca- carbon fiber plate that, that just sits up in into that diffuser housing. And that diffuser housing has been changed as well. It's shorter in this new package, but they've also gone up in the front of the car and they pulled out some strakes that are in the uh, in the uh, engine housing compartment. So there's just going to be all this air under the car, and and it's really going to cause a lot of havoc. Honestly, I think is what's going to happen. Well, it's going to make the cars harder to drive, but it should, in theory, make for a better race. It should, because when the cars are too easy to drive, it makes for a snoozer. Right. Right. And we go to Phoenix. Uh, you know, I mentioned to Ty, I said, if, I mean, early on, depending how this car drives, how he likes his car, I mean, go with Kevin Harvick. I mean, the dude, what, nine wins there at, uh, at Phoenix at one time. If you went there, you knew he was going to win. Uh, you know, he would probably love to win both races, obviously that last one in Phoenix this year. So the possibilities there, I don't know. I just think that, that we have a better idea. And then, and then we still really don't have an idea. They had the practice last night a 50-minute practice they'll they'll qualify later today but still I, I don't think we know anything until we get them in packs yeah the 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 practice yesterday was good it was decent showed some signs of being competitive is what they wanted but nothing's gonna it's, it's game speed nothing replaces full-fledged game speed at 100 percent effort you're gonna see it the good news is is that they got a couple of races to work on this package before they get to Coda. That's right, and and I think Coda's going to be a place because you think about Coda, tight quarters, long straightaways, a lot of elevation. It uh, it's it's really going to enhance the racing there a little bit, um, and and really looking forward to see that one. I I just uh, I think, but I think this race this weekend is going to kind of hopefully put a lot of the Martinsville and the Richmond and all of that from last year, kind of put that in the rearview mirror. Phoenix didn't race all that bad last year, as if I remember correctly, but uh, I think that this will kind of if this works. If this works, and this, guys, this these are not rule changes; these are rule modifications. That's right. That's Just it. changes in competition.
Harvick said, I heard him say on Sirius last night, they need to change rules every year. Well, it makes sense. He keeps one person from dominating the whole time. Well, hell, and he's leaving. So yeah. He, so he don't care. More horsepower is the key to making it even better, but That's they're it. not going that route. That's exactly right. I want to keep it as even as possible. Single source parts. It's going in the right direction, guys. I promise you it's going in the right direction. Coming up, it's about time to head to Texas Motor Speedway for the first time in 2023. It'll be the PPG 375, the headliner of that April 2nd weekend happening at the Great American Speedway. We will be joined by the general manager at that great place. It is our friend Mark Faber. That is coming up on Revved Up ATX. We're live local digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. I got some oceanfront property in That's how you do it right there. That's good. Genius. Genius. Arizona for NASCAR. Fixing to talk some Texas Motor Speedway. How about some oceanfront property in Arizona? By King George. Ty, my man. Dude. He's on it. The, those wheels are always turning right there, my friend. I'll tell you. Excellent stuff right there. I'm over here talking about going to the South 40. Ty might have a uh, another career in, in DJing. He can be a, a full-time better and DJ. Club DJ. Club Ty. I'm in for it. <laughs> DJTY. <laughs> no, Ty Hindo. Ty Hindo right there. Speaking of that, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, a great friend of ours, and it is time once again, a brand new season of racing, about to kick off in No Limits, Texas, coming up uh, the weekend there of April the 2nd. It'll start on April the 1st with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, as they will be in for the SpeedyCash.com 200, and headline with the PPG 375 for the NTT IndyCar Series. It is our friend, the... General Manager there at Texas Motor Speedway, Mr. Mark Faber. Mark, how are we doing, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. It's a beautiful day at Texas Motor Speedway today. I'll tell you, Mark, it, it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but did I see, was there something going on there yesterday? I had some friends uh, here from the uh, Central Texas area. Were you guys having a, a big car show out there or something yesterday? We do. We have our good guys, Lone Star Nationals, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, we're here at the track today. Boy, I tell you what, the crowd looks even bigger this year than we had last September. Cars are still coming in. Uh, the traffic flow is awesome. So perfect weather. We are just talking about that here, about some of the great vehicles that we have. And we've got uh, hundreds of uh, cars on display in the infield and thousands of people streaming in right now. That's that's always something that's great because there's always something happening at Texas Motor Speedway. People think it's just just the race weekends, right? While the race weekends are important, it's some of the small. Well, I say smaller events more, and not as the major events as the, as the races. But even these good guys car shows and different stuff throughout the year, that's what helps make TMS a, a viable entity all year round, right? You bet. We have good guys here twice this year, so you know we'll have them back again in September. But you're exactly right. We have. Other key events that we do every year, we have Fuel Fest coming back again. We're going to have uh, We Are Mopar. Mm. Ducks Unlimited is another great event that we have coming up in May, LS Fest. And then we have a Hispanic Festival, Bands and Trucks, that'll be here um, in May. And we've added another festival, a new one, in the fall and October, the Highway 30 Music Fest, that'll be here October 19th to 22nd. I know you guys like 
country music, so mm-hmm. they've already announced Cody Jenks, Brothers Osborne, and Ashley McBride as three of their headliners. So wow. we we expect y'all to come on up and join us that weekend as well. But we have a bunch of stuff here. And might have to come shake a leg there, Mark. That sounds uh, that sounds like some pretty good stuff right there. And of course, with Big Hoss, uh, you can't uh, you can't beat having that effect. So let's let's dive in here. Another season getting going. We just watched the Indy cars at at St. Pete. It'll be the twenty seventh consecutive year that those incredible machines that the Indy cars hit uh, hit the high banked uh, speed plant right there at TMS. Your thoughts is that weekend fastly approaching. Well, we're excited about it. We have a multi-year partnership with IndyCar. We have regular conversations. We just had one yesterday talking about how uh, fan interest is elevated this year. Um, we have more tickets distributed already uh, at this stage right now than we did at the same period for the last IndyCar race. So, you know, we're really excited about it. And IndyCar, like you said, has been here for quite a while. Matter of fact, a few of us, <clears throat> little sidebar, a few of us had the honor of going to a surprise birthday celebration for the great Johnny Rutherford, oh. three-time Indy 500 winner yesterday, who was celebrating uh, his 85th birthday. Wow. And just some of the stories about what TMS, from an IndyCar standpoint, were shared there. You know, all the great history here. So... Matter of fact, we're going to honor him at the race um, here in a couple of weeks, and we do have a great history with it, so we're excited about it. Yeah, part of it, I was there for the first IndyCar race and the first doubleheader truck weekend. Part of it is the fact that the trucks and the IndyCars are back together. I think that it bodes well that it's closer in the spring versus kind of the real hot time in the summertime, but it's just so cool to see the, the truck series back together with IndyCars, and then we still have that old-school effect with it being called the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series again. That's going to make for an incredible weekend. I'm looking forward to that race weekend. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's a unique pairing. You're exactly right. And it's going to be two days. So we're going to have a lot of action um, at the Speedway on just those two days. And you're right. Pairing the truck and the Indy car gives uh, a somewhat diverse demographic group each day. But then we get the crossover effect. And so, sure, people are coming here for the truck races, but then they stay over and they say, you know what, I'm going to try Indy car or I like I just like motorsports and I want to stay over. So. We're going to have, uh, we've got good camping numbers so far. Like I said, our, our tickets, uh, sales and distribution are going very well. So we do like the earlier date. You're absolutely right. Uh, the June time frame, and yeah, you guys know it as well as I do. You just don't know what the weather's going to be. And it can just be, it could be hot, scorching hot in the summer. And we listen to our fans as you know, Marcus Smith and Speedway Motorsports um, and all of our community, we listen to our fans and we take surveys and we say, what do you like and what's important? And boy, I tell you what, heat is a big, big thing. So we're excited to have an April weekend date and it's going to be great. Totally agree. Mark Faber with us, General Manager, Texas Motor Speedway. Additional information, tickets at TexasMotorSpeedway.com. And of course, the other thing with that, Mark, I, I love what, what you guys have done because talking about music fests and all of that, uh, you know, people enjoy doing that. I, I mean, that that's uh, the outdoor activities like that. When you go to a truck race, when you go to an IndyCar race, it's going to encompass most of your day. If 
you're over on the grandstand side, uh, there's plenty to do right there. I mean, you've got the bar seating, everything. Uh, how the, TMS has transformed itself up on the top side in, into just a spot where you can go spend the day, be highly entertained, and watch some really good racing on the racetrack. Yes, I mean, we we invested, Marcus Smith and the Smith family invested a significant amount in those fan enhancements that you're talking about. We actually did some tweaking on that, but we have three main concourse bars that are about 7,000 square feet, and we heard what the fans were saying last uh, from last year, so we actually added bar stool seating in front of those bars this past week. Uh, we completed that. I looked at it the other day. They look great. So literally, you can sit at the bar, and then you can. <clears throat> we've opened up the track, as you all know, the grandstand, so you can sit at these big, magnificent bars and watch the action going on um, on the track. And that's unique to what we're doing here. We call we call those islands of entertainment, so to speak. Nice. So we're looking to program those so that in between those massive bars on the concourse. We can have some entertainment in between them for fans. And the weather will be, from a cool standpoint, will be fairly cool. I was walking it the other day. It, it provides a nice breezeway for fans to to go through that. And, and we think the same thing will happen for our cup races in September. So we're here to talk about the Indy cars and the trucks. Talk about the preparation for the for the, the cup race there in September. It's not one of those things that starts in October. I'm sure you guys are already having meetings with NASCAR and the Smith family about getting geared up for some of the cup stuff coming up in the fall. We are. We're, we're working. We're kind of multitasking. Um, <clears throat> we have cars going around the track right now. I, I, I don't know if you all can hear it. it sounds but, beautiful. Um, it's wonderful. <laughs> it, that sounds beautiful. So it's it's a beautiful hum around the track. We, we work, and so we're multitasking. So we're getting ready, as you all know. We're coming to see you in two weeks for NASCAR at COTA. Our team here, we have a lot of folks that work on that. So not only are we working on that and supporting that race, we're also working, as you know, on trucks and IndyCar, but also at the same time we're working on the programming for the cup race. We've had a number of meetings with NASCAR, Several of us were at uh, Daytona for the 500. We had meetings with NASCAR about fan enhancements. What can we do in the fan zones for all the great fans that come out here that maybe we didn't do last year? Um, I had dialogue, and some of our team had dialogue with some promoters last week about pre-race entertainment. We're hoping to announce our pre-race entertainment far in advance. Um, ideally by May, where we can announce our pre-race entertainment for uh, September. And we also talked about some of those uh, fan zone activations like we had last year with the micro wrestlers, the Cirque performers, and some of those other entertainment that we had that who do we want to bring back, what was popular with the fans, what do the fans want to do. Uh, We've already booked some of our um, uh, infield camping entertainment for Saturday night uh, for next fall, <clears throat> and some announcements will be coming out about that in probably you know six to eight weeks as well. So we are way ahead of it this year, and we're looking forward to a great September weekend. Man, Mark, that is the best. I'm listening to everything you say. That is the best ambient noise right there. Uh, I, don't give me white noise. That's the noise I want right there. 
<laughs> that sounds great. Um, so, so, so what you're, and the thing about that is, and I'm glad that, that you mentioned that because this really is, you can, this is always evolving. This, you can't, in the position that you guys are there with, with TMS and with, with SMI, you can't, I mean, you can hit it out of the park, but the thing is you immediately got to go back and figure out how to do things different because folks want to see it evolve and they want to see uh, diversity in all of this stuff. Well, you're right. There, there's a couple of things. We, all, we obviously have our hardcore motorsports fans that are going to be here. And so we want to make sure that they have a great time, whether it's the concourse bars, whether it's the expanded seating that we did last year in the grandstands or the, you know, belly up bar in the, in the grandstands that's the length of 10 football fields. You know, we, we added those enhancements. But we had at our NASCAR Cup race last fall, 52% of the attendees were first-time attendees. So what can we do to retain them? And then what are some of the new things that we can do to bring them back in addition to our primary core group of hardcore fans? So we talk not only here internally, we talk to groups here in Fort Worth, we mm-hmm. talked to groups in the Metroplex. We also talked to our colleagues at the other Speedway Motorsports tracks around the country about what are you doing? What are you doing that works well for you that might work here in Fort Worth, Texas, that we can apply and attract new fans? And you know what I mean? Look, you, you all have been here. Mm-hmm. We have such an affordable opportunity for fans to come here for a family of four that can come here on a race weekend, they can bring coolers in. I mean, we're the only sport that really allows fans to bring their own food and beverages in and have a great family weekend. And so those are the things that we want to tweak, we want to continually work on, and you know, we're certainly open to suggestions from our fans ongoing. Absolutely. So let's break it down, Mark. Here we go. April 1st, speedycash.com 250 for the trucks and then the uh, the PPG 375. I love the announcement there uh, with PPG. Uh, that that just kind of, uh, it just works well with uh, IndyCar, that, that long relationship there. Uh, break it all down for us. Uh, logistics, tickets informa- uh, ticket information, any uh, inside details or, or uh, fan specials that you maybe uh, have for this race. Well, you're right. Uh, we are excited about PPG and that relationship, and they've been, you know, obviously a longtime partner in the sport. So we're excited about that. We have ticket packages available at TexasMotorSpeedway.com. TexasMotorSpeedway.com. We still have some uh, good seating, some good packages for fans right now. We're working on um, <clears throat> announcing some things here, and you'll see that on social media coming up from our social media team about what we're doing here. We're also going to be integrating, just so you all know, our Speedway Children's Charities group here. So we'll have a 50-50 raffle opportunity for fans that come here. We are really focused on helping children here in North Texas, all over the United States, through our our charities at all of our tracks, and it'll give fans an opportunity to help children when they come up here. So those are some of the fun things that we'll be doing for the weekend, and again, it's at texasmotorspeedway.com to purchase tickets. That is great stuff right there. Please, Mark, if there's any way that we can help with any of that, uh, let us know here in the Austin area. We're happy to uh, to do whatever we can. That's uh, that's just great work right there. And, again, I, I think that that really that, – that's the beauty of our sport. I mean, it, it's one big family. It doesn't really matter the uh, – doesn't matter if it's IndyCar, road racing, whatever, short track racing. It's just one big racing family. 
It is, and we put a big pri priority on this. So <clears throat> that's why we were with Mr. Rutherford yesterday. We're going to have a great media event next week that uh, Dave Hart is working on in our team with uh, three of the IndyCar drivers that we're inviting fans to attend. Uh, and that's on um, March 15th here at the Speedway. And, you know, that's one of the things that we want to try to do, as you all know, is to introduce drivers to the fans and to the medias and media members like yourselves and get the uh, – when you're driving around a track, you really can't see who they are. But, boy, when you get them in person, you get to talk to them. You get to know who they are as people. So we have a big event there on the 15th. Um, and then, like I said, we're going to come see you down in Austin in a couple of weeks for some great NASCAR racing at coda yes sir cannot wait for uh, all of these events and uh, as always mark uh, thank you so much uh for being a part of our program we uh, love working with you guys looking forward to another fantastic season and hopefully uh we'll see you see you here in austin in a couple of weeks sounds great well ha thank you for having me on today and we're gonna go back to the action at good guys and the action on the track so we appreciate y'all perfect timing a car goes by right when you say that mark that is perfect my <laughs> friend <laughs> well done thank you mark you guys be well thank you take you, care you bet there goes mark faber and that uh that tells you right there tms i didn't know a lot of what he's i mean not not so much about the events but like uh, all of the, the enhance I, I didn't know all of that i thought i knew everything that was going on there I remember seeing a social media post about the new bar stools because mm. uh, I think at one point it was the belly up bar, but mm -hmm. I think too many people got tired of belly up into the bar, uh, so they wanted to put in the bar stools. So TMS on top of their game, they really are. Uh, you know, he hadn't been at the helm for for a super long time, but he's come in. He's made an immediate impact over there, and I see lots of good positive things happening to TMS here in this next twenty twenty three season. It might be on a belly up because you know if you if you belly up too long, you start sliding. So maybe they had a couple of people that went. Uh over or mm. something. Well, Maybe. there's always at least one or two. <laughs> there's always at least one or two, no doubt about it. Great conversation right there. We'll podcast it at hornfm.com. Coming up, Pit Stop News and Notes, places for races as we take you into your race weekend. It's Revved Up ATX on the Horn. Go. Ty's got it. Ty's on it today. That reminds me of my teen nights at Dance Across Texas on 71. Dance Across Texas, South 40. Man, all those good places, man. That are no longer here. <laughs> you know, you got a road running right. Boy, Dance Across, the Dance Across location, man. Uh, is, the, is the building still there? I think the building's, I think the building's still, still there. It's like a distribution little AC it's, it's joint. It's like now. a curb right there. Yeah, right by the is front that, door, yeah. That's how wide that thing has gotten. I, I did the old DOT uh, a few times. That, that Now, that was a happening joint, too. That was a lot of fun at Dance Cross. That place was massive. Remember that? Uh, I mean, c compared to, I mean, I was used to the stuff out, you know, in the small towns. Club I mean, 21. Club yeah. 21. Yeah. Club 21. Oh, my goodness. And way back in Harwood, back in the days, back at the Circle J Barn. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, Club 21. Now, Club 21. Club 21, pretty good little juke joint right there, too. It was a lot of fun. I spent a bunch of New Year's there at Club 21. Damn good hamburgers. Was that the hamburger? Did they have hamburgers there? I don't remember if that was if that was there or not. I don't remember if I maybe during the week. During the week, during, yeah. During the week, I think it was. But yeah, Club Twenty One, a lot of good memories, and and some that I wish I could forget. You know, at Club Twenty One, <laughs> uh, back in the old days over there in Caldwell County. Thanks to Mark Favor for checking in. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, all of the podcasts at hornfm.com, all your Saturday shows, Sunday, everything throughout the week. Of course, we're live local digital all day long on the Horn, and we are taking you up to Tyler Campbell coming up at noon with uh, real. 
life and real talk. Pit stop news and notes. Bobby, you mentioned earlier we're talking about NHRA, the Gator Nationals, getting ready to fire off. And, and something I kind of want to correlate this a little bit back to Phoenix. I know Lynn St. James is going to be uh, the pace car driver there with uh, for the NASCAR race at, uh, at uh, where are they? At Phoenix. Phoenix, yes. And, but, but you're right. Uh, I really that, That's one of the things that I respect so much about NHRA drag racing is that now that one really is. I mean, when folks talk about, you know, the Danica Patrick jokes and all this other stuff. I mean, when you look at NHRA drag racing, I mean, go back to Shirley Muldowney. I mean, right now with Courtney Enders, you have true badass ladies in NHRA drag racing, and they don't appear to be going anywhere. Yeah, Brittany Force, multi-time top jewel champion. Leah so, Pruitt. Yeah. yeah, Leah Pruitt. Tony Stewart's better half now. They're, I mean, they have the women in force, and they they make no bones about it. They are competitive as anybody else, and they want to win just as bad as the dudes, and that's what makes NHRA so great is the competitive nature of it. And, and it really is, like you were mentioning. I mean, you hit it spot on there at the first part of the program. Where, where that, now that, I, I truly have never been to an NHRA event somehow. But that is the thing that when you go to that, I mean, when you want to talk about all access, you know, we, we remember how the Formula One fans reacted when IndyCar came. And you could, like, go up and, like, go right to the race car, you know. And people are like, my goodness, what's happening? And then NASCAR, you get into one of these NHRA events and you're, like, in, you're, like, right there. I mean, the, right next to the trailer, like in the pit. Yeah, yeah. The, they may say, "Hand me a seven sixteenth," and they're talking to you because <laughs> yeah. you are right there, man. You are right in the middle of this, and and like you said, the, the smells and the sounds and all of that. And I, I know, I know some people. Well, you know, dra- it's, drag racing isn't long enough. I'm like, yeah, but for that three or four seconds, man, that that's that's some pretty. Pretty good stuff. Fastest thousand feet in sport. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it all fires off there, as it always does there at the uh, Gator Nationals. And and I love that that stays there. Uh, NHRA is is evolving a lot. They're doing a lot of uh, a lot of. It's having to evolve, like we were talking about there with Dave Hart. But uh, I, I tell you, uh, to start there in Gainesville. Keep that tradition. Yeah, it's got to be there. Uh, got to be there in Gainesville. At least having it the first couple of races over there. But it's um, it's NHRA is having a hard time. They need to be. They need a good, solid, successful season because that COVID really, really hurt them the most. Yep. More than most of the other series had it because they just didn't have a TV package with the numbers. <laughs> but yeah, they definitely need it. Just got the. <laughs> Funniest text from my man Sean Clinch, uh, with your your dance across Texas, uh, dance across Texas memories. I don't I don't think I'll go into uh, detail, but it's uh, something uh, something of the effect of uh, of a dropping a cougar on her head trying to dance. <laughs> Clinch, my man, Sean Clinch, man. I, I thought Clinch, I thought you only got that way in your older age, my brother. My goodness, I'll he probably he probably got snow leopards on the well, on the call now. I tell you, he had cougars back then. He got snow leopards oh, now. Man, lots of memories there with those places. My goodness, we'll have to have next week uh, or maybe the week after. We'll do uh, old hole in the wall memories or something like that. Uh, by the way, John Force into the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame. Not a shocker. Uh, much deserved. I don't know how the hell he wasn't in there yet. Uh, you mentioned about those world champions. Uh, probably Project 91 at Coda. Kimi Raikkonen will be uh, gracing our uh, great facility right here. And then uh, also, I was a little surprised there to see Jensen Button, three races with uh, with Rick Ware. So you've got the 07 and the 09 Formula One World Champion gracing right on over into the NASCAR Cup Series. Well, it may be Rick Ware on paper, but it's all going to yeah. be a Stuart Haas car. It may even show up in a Stuart Haas hauler. 
uh, versus a Rick Ware hauler. But yeah, I, I expect Jensen Button to get up to speed. It's all part of that garage 56. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you see Mike Rockenfeld will get a chance here uh, at a road course here in a little bit. And then, of course, you got Jimmy Johnson. I have this feeling Jimmy Johnson's going to end up running that 84 car at Coda. Well, they just don't think they've announced it yet. Yeah, and, and a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the changes that we're talking about here with the diffusers and all this, uh, the, this package right here is coming from the Project Ninety One car. Oh, absolutely, we're, and and that's and that's great. Uh, before we before we hit uh, place for race, I do want to mention Eli Tomac five straight seven wins at Daytona for Tomac, equaling the King Richard Petty. Places for races. Places for races. Got the Xfinity race this afternoon on FS1, 2.30 to 3.30. Supercross, 7 p.m. on Peacock tomorrow. Gator Nationals pretty much all day. Uh, First on FS1, 9.30. Then it goes to Network Fox at 11. Followed up with the NASCAR Cup Series race from Phoenix. 2.30 also Network Fox. So lots of good racing coverage this weekend on the television. And if you're a short track pavement racing fan, check out Racing America, the Sunshine State 200 for the ASA Super Late Model. That's going to be fun right there. That's a lot of fun. Good stuff. We're back next Saturday. Stick around. TC Speaks is coming up. For Ty and Bobby, I'm Rodney. We are gone. See you next weekend.